Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. Welcome. Welcome to church. You know, I could, I could actually just say amen right now, and we could just walk out the door. Trust me, the presence that we are in of God right now is just so beautiful. And normally, I might just do that, except God actually has a word that he's given me to share with you today that, that I want to make sure I get out. So would you just pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. And Father God, your word says, let him who has eyes see, let him who has ears hear. Father, will you open our eyes today? Will you open our ears to the power of your word? Father God, we sang about miracles, and it's through your word that miracles so often are performed. So God, will you perform a miracle today? Will you change us by the power of your word? In Jesus' mighty name, we believe that, and we say it. it's good to be with y'all today. We have such a wonderful day planned here in God's house. Uh, first, we're, we're going to center it around his word. And then afterwards, we got a chance to really spend some great time together with lunch. And we can't wait for all that. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of an honor code? Have you ever heard that term before? You know, lots of organizations have honor codes, right? The Marine Corps actually established their honor code back in 1775. It's a long time to have an honor code, isn't it? Harvard University started their honor code on July 4th, 1842. It's a long time. It's a long time. You know, at Pursuit Church, one of our core values is honor. It's one of our core values here. The Marines and Harvard and others like them established an honor code to provide a framework for their members, their students, their leaders, so that they'd know how to conduct themselves. That's really the purpose of of their honor codes. And you know, in 2023, we've started this year talking about the character of God and how any real lasting change that we want to see in our lives is going to be centered and based on our ability to develop our, and let God develop our character to be more like his right? That's what we said from the beginning. We want to develop our character to be like God's because that holds the key to any lasting change that we want to see. Last week, Pastor Karen did such a beautiful job of showing us the value of people, that God values people and that we ought to value people because God values them, right? We want our character to be like his. Now, if you were to go read those honor codes for the Marines or Harvard, what you'd see is they have First, a definition of what they define honor is, is, and also the framework around how they want their people to live out that honor code. That's what you'd find if you were to go read the Marine Honor Code, Harvard, or others like them. Here's the thing. If we look 
at honor in God's word, God also provides us a framework for how to live out honor in our lives. So what we're going to talk about today is how, how does God define honor? And then how does he call us to live it out, right? Here's the first thing I want you to know. And by the way, God's idea of honor has been around a lot longer than Harvard's. <laughs> and it will be here long after Harvard goes away someday. All right, here's the first thing I want you to know. God's word shows us that we should honor him first and that we should also honor others. It's the first thing I want you to know. Now, before we get too much further, let's define what we're talking about when we say honor, because that could mean different things to different people. The Greek word for honor is a word called time, and its meaning is this, to show value, to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. So when we talk about honor, that's the definition that we're really talking about today. We're talking about the word honor as the value or the weight that we place on a person or even maybe a position that that person might hold. A position in our lives, a position in society, and most importantly, the position that a person holds from God's perspective, from God's point of view. God has a lot to say about honor. 1 Peter 2.17 tells us that we should actually honor everyone. Exodus 20.12 is a, one of the commandments, tells us that we're to honor our parents. And actually, that one comes with a promise. You want to know what that promise is? Go, go, go read it. It's, it's one of the Ten Commandments that actually comes with a promise, honoring our parents. Romans 13, verses 1 through 7, talks about honoring those in authority. And 1 Timothy 5, 17, says that we should honor our church leaders and those that serve us in church. You see, honor is everywhere in the Bible. The call to live out a life of honor to God and others is found in so many places, it is clearly undeniably important is undeniably important god values honor and so should we you see god's put a value god's put a weight on everyone he's put a weight on you he's put a value on you he's put a weight and a value on everybody and he's calling us to do the same that's what he's calling us to do i want to share with you today a story that's found in the Old Testament, where honor is displayed in, I would say, one of the most difficult circumstances you might find yourself in to display honor. And there's such a, a beautiful story here, a powerful story about honor lived out, but also about what we can learn about honor. We use this story today to, to learn some things about what honor looks like and what it really means. And it's a tale of two men. Now, you see, most of us probably find it pretty easy to honor those people that we like, right? Those that we agree with, right? You know, those that we love. Those people are probably pretty easy for us to honor, right? Come on. But here's the problem. God doesn't call us just to honor people that we like. God doesn't call us to honor just people that we agree with. 
In our world right now is suffering from a lack of honor. Our world is suffering from a lack of honor. You see, instead of seeing the value in people, we're quick to dishonor when we don't agree. When we don't see the value, we don't perceive it, or someone disagrees with us, we find it really hard sometimes to honor them, don't we? Here's the story. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 24. So let me give you a little context for this story before we get into it. So go and take that slide off just for a minute. Samuel was a prophet back in the Old Testament. And to give you the context of this story, Samuel had been called, or God told Samuel to call a man named Saul as the first king of Israel. Before this, they'd only had prophets, and people kept clamoring, we want a king. God says, all right, I'm going to give you what you want. So the very first king that was called was a man named Saul, and Samuel was the prophet that called Saul. Well, eventually Saul got full of himself. He disobeyed God, started doing his own thing, and so God said, well, you wanted a king, I gave you one. Well, that guy ain't going to work anymore. So then God called a man named David. Maybe you've heard of David. The giant killer, David. That's the same one. God said, I'm going to have David now be the new king. So Samuel was obedient, went and found David, anointed him. Yes, you're going to be the next king. So that is the background to the story that we're going to read today that's found in 1 Samuel chapter 24. David is on the run. He's hiding in a cave with his men at this point. Saul has already seen the writing on the wall. At this point, God's already told Saul, you're going to be, or Samuel has told Saul, you're going to be out as king. So he already knows at this point, literally his days are numbered, okay? And he therefore hates David, (laughs) right? Saul does not like David at all. In fact, where the story lands, Saul and his group of what is to believe to be 3,000 men are actually chasing David, okay? And they've chased, and now David is in this cave, and Saul and his men arrive. And this is the basis or the background for the story. So we're going to start, we're going to read several different parts of chapter 24 of 1 Samuel so we can get a good flavor for the whole incident, what goes down. So we're going to start here, verses 3 through 6. At the place where the road passes some sheepfold, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. You got to go, you got to go. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in the cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do as you wish. So David crept forward. Just imagine, guys are whispering in his ear. There he is, man. There's Saul. Go get him, right? But they're whispering because they're in a cave. They want Saul to hear him. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began to bother him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one for the Lord himself has chosen him. So we move forward. Saul had not sensed or was not aware that David had cut his robe, okay, if you read further on. And so Saul exits the cave, begins his way back toward his men. 
And David comes running out after him. And this is where we're going to pick it up now in verse 8. David came out and shouted after him, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? See what the power of gossip can do? David didn't want to hurt Saul. But Saul had people in his ear saying, David's after you. David's after you. This very day you can see with your own eyes. It isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. And then David proceeds to show Saul the part of his robe that he cut off. And basically told him, hey, I could have killed you. But I didn't. Instead, I showed you honor. And now we pick up the story in verse 15. May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. And when David had finished speaking, Saul called back, Is that really you, my son, David? See, before this, Saul, before all this went down, David had been faithfully serving Saul. He, he really looked at him as a son. That's the relationship that was there before all this happened. Then he began to cry. And he said to David, you are a better man than I, for you have repaid me good for evil. And finally, let's go down to verse 19. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. What a powerful story of honor. You know, we have trouble showing honor to people that diss us, that don't like us, that say some wrong word to us. And here David is showing honor to somebody that's literally trying to kill him. Wow. That's what honor looks like. That's part of what honor looks like. I think there's some very important truths about honor that we can learn from this story. I want to probably could talk about more than this, but we're going to talk about three of them that I think are really impactful for you and I as we learn about what it means to give honor. The first is this. Honor belongs to God first because God matters most. Let me say that again. Honor, your honor should always have God at the first place because God matters most. You see, when David faced the choice about what to do, what's the first thing he did? He, he kind of gave in to that first impulse, right? Anyone here identify with that? You know, someone ticks you off, someone's, you know, after you. Your first impulse is not to show them honor. Your first impulse is to say, I don't like that person, Right? And not only that, but David had his own guys in his ear telling him what? Yeah, come on. God's brought him here. He's, he's, he's giving him to you. Take him out. You got to be careful about the people you listen to. Be careful about the people you listen to. That friend, when you get on the phone, says, yeah, you have a right to feel that way. Yeah, he was this. and just. Be careful. Be careful about the people that you listen to. In fact, they were, they were even, ooh, this is another, ooh, we preach on this too. 
they, they were trying to actually convince David that it was God that was making all this happen. Oh, be really careful about that. You might even have some really well-intentioned friends, people that say, yeah, God's, t-, you know, anyone ever this? God told me to tell you, okay, just be really careful. I'm not saying God doesn't use people to, to share with us. He certainly does. But make sure that what they're telling you lines up with God's word. Number one, right? You see, luckily, David had the presence of mind to take a moment. You see, David had been through a lot with God up to this point. God had been with David killing a giant. He'd killed a lion. He killed a bear. God had brought David through a lot of things already. So he knew, wait a minute, this doesn't sound, this doesn't sound right. I know, I know people are telling me, I know my first instinct is to just take him out. But luckily, David took a moment, a moment to remember that honoring God was the first and most important thing in this situation. Not what he wanted to do. Honoring God was the most important thing in this situation. Now, I know you have a person that you disagree with. You have a person you think is trying to assassinate and kill your character. You've got those people in your life. I do too. But have you taken a moment to remember? To think about the position that that person holds in God's heart and who God says that they are? Ooh. To be reminded that God values them just because he created them. They have a value. They have a weight that God has placed on them, regardless of what you may think. You see, God had anointed and made Saul king, and that was good enough for David. Once he took the minute to remember, hey, wait, God put this guy in place. David honored God that day by honoring Saul. He made sure God was getting the first place of honor. And we should do the same. We should honor God first, always, and in everything that we do. Proverbs 3.9 says we ought to honor God with our wealth because he's given us the ability to get the wealth to begin with. Everything you have, every breath you take, everything you think is yours, you actually got it from God. Psalm 63 reminds us that we are to honor God with our worship. That's what we did today. We're to honor God with our worship and our praise. And last week, Pastor Karen reminded us that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. That is the first, Jesus said, that is the first and the greatest commandment that there is. God matters most, so honor him first. Here's the second thing I think we can learn in this story. Honoring others does not require agreement. Oh, let me say that again. Honoring others does not require your agreement with them. We're suffering in this world from number two in a big way right now. People think, well, if I don't agree with X or person or their ideas... How can I show them honor? Sure you can. 
Sure you can. Do you think David agreed with what Saul was doing? Come on. I couldn't think of any more disagreeable thing than somebody trying to kill you. There's no way David agreed with what Saul was doing. But David took the approach that you and I need to take. Look, I'm going to honor everyone. And I'm going to understand that they have value to God because God says so. Plain and simple, right off the bat. They have value. They have weight because God says that they have weight. Do you have to agree with their positions? Do you have to agree with their actions? No, you do not. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about honor today. God says we should honor our leaders. That means we're talking about some politicians we probably don't like. I don't care what party you're in. Hey, nobody likes them all. Nobody likes them all. It ain't going to happen. We're talking about your boss at work. We're talking about leaders in your church, this church. We're talking about others who have authority over you in some fashion, your boss, whatever. Are you always going to agree with all of those people? No, you're not. Even your parents. It says we ought to honor our parents. It doesn't specify an age. It doesn't say, oh, honor them till you're like 12, and then you know, when you go crazy, then you don't honor them. No. It says we are to honor our parents. Are you always going to agree with your parents, especially maybe even as an adult? No. No way. And yet we're supposed to honor them. You can honor people that you disagree with. And here's one other thing that David did with his disagreement. He left it in God's hands. What did David say to Saul? He said, look, I'm not even going to try and figure this whole thing out. I'm going to trust that God's going to take care of me. I'm going to trust in God to protect me. And I'm going to trust that he's going to deal with you however he's going to deal with you. That's what basically David said to Saul. He took his disagreement. And first of all, he honored Saul in the disagreement. Secondly, he left the ultimate word of the matter to God. He trusted in God for his own situation. And he left Saul in God's. When we disagree with someone, don't show dishonor. Don't become part of the cancel culture. See, that's what's going on. Cancel culture, that's all it is. It's, it's basically a lack of honor. Flat out, straight up, you call it whatever you want, that's what it is. The cancel culture is the antithesis, the complete opposite of honor. Don't fall into that. Don't fall into that. Honor others whether you agree with them or not because God sees value. He sees worth in them. He sees worth in everyone that he has ever created and ever will create. God has a value placed on them and in them. Don't fall into the trap of judgment. Judgment is not yours. Judgment is not mine. Judgment, God says, belongs ultimately to him only. Okay? Remember that. Axel, you can come now. The, the, the third point... I think in my mind, as, as I studied this, read it, just let God kind of share with me. I believe this third point is really the most powerful one of all. It's the most powerful one of all. It's the one that struck me the most. And that's this. Honor 
unlocks doors, dishonor can close them. That just resonated in my spirit so much. How do you respond when somebody dishonors you? Well, if you're like me, it's probably not the warm and fuzzies you get right away, is it? It's like, matter of fact, if they're standing on my doorstep, there's a good chance I'm closing that door in their face, right? (laughs) I mean, it's like, hey, you just honored me. Uh, You're standing here on my door. Get out of here. I'm going to close that door right. Uh, My temptation is going to be to close that door right in their face. Someone dishonors me. But what about when someone shows you honor, even when you might not feel you deserve it? In fact, what if you know for a fact? What if you know for a fact you're wrong? You're messed up, you're jacked up, you screwed it up, you didn't handle it right. And yet that person in front of you gives you honor. Wow. How does that make you feel? That's what's going on in this story. You see, Saul experienced what it was like to receive honor and grace even when he himself knew that he didn't deserve it and what did he do he wept he cried that's what the scripture says today when he was presented with honor even when he didn't deserve it it wrecked him it broke down his pride it broke down the hatred it broke down all of the things that he had in his heart. And it was honor that opened the door. David's display of honor broke through Saul's pride and hatred and and really showed him what was really going on in David's heart. Saul's men had been in his ear, hey, David hates you, hates you. No, but when he experienced for himself the honor that David brought, his heart was opened. His mind was changed. Honor unlocked a door. You see, honor builds up. Dishonor tears down. Please remember that. Honor builds up. It builds up people. It builds up God. But, you know, it, it puts weight. It puts value in the right places. Dishonor tears those things down. If you want to see the doors to somebody's heart open, show that you value them. Honor them. Honor brings and adds value. But here's the thing. Dishonor can sometimes come with a cost. Can I show you that? It's found in Mark chapter 6 verses 4 and 5. This is Jesus talking. He said, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without, what? Honor. Except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own house. And it says he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people that were sick and heal them. Really? Jesus couldn't do miracles. I think what's really going on here is that the door of honor was closed. 
and it showed up in the hearts of his hometown people. That door of honor was closed. And it led to a cost. The cost was this. On that day, people that had come to see miracles because they chose not to honor the most honorable person ever, the creator of this universe, they chose not to honor him. They missed out on some miracles. There was a cost. There's a cost to dishonor. Honor builds up. Dishonor tears down. If you want to honor others, open the door by honoring them first. Don't wait. You make the first step. David took the first step. He didn't wait for Saul to get all warm and fuzzy with him. He simply said, I'm going to honor this man because God says I should and because I can see the value because God put it in him. Let me challenge you. Let's let's honor God. Let's honor each other. Let's honor God first because he matters most. Let's not let disagreement get in the way of showing honor to others. Show honor and let God take care of the results. We just honor. Let let, let God handle everything else. And finally, let honor open doors and don't let dishonor keep them closed. Will you do that? Will you let God show you? His, his way of honor, the framework that he's given us to show honor to him and to others. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for how you honor us. Father, there's no greater honor that we could have received than your son. God, thank you for honoring us by sending your son to die for us. God, thank you for the value that you place in us and on us as your children. We know that you love us. And for that, we are so very grateful and thankful. And Father, will you help us to learn to honor you and to honor others? God, help us remember that you are first and most important always in everything. We honor you, God, with our time, our talent, our treasure, our worship. Father, we worship you and we honor you in every way that we can. We honor you, God. We love you. And God, help us to honor those who you've called us to honor. Let us see the value in others that you have placed in them and on them. In Jesus' name, we humbly pray. Now, with every eye closed and every head still bowed, I wonder if there's somebody here today that has been just touched by the Holy Spirit. And and you see your need for a Savior. You see your need for a God who is so good and so honoring to his children and and to everyone. And, And you're ready today now, maybe for the first time, to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus showed you the ultimate honor when he paid the price for your sin. And now today, you can honor him by giving your life to him.
It's just a very simple prayer. It's not complicated. In fact, if you would just join me in this, and, and all the rest of us, those that have had the honor already of accepting Jesus as our Savior, if you would just participate with them so that all together we say this prayer. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, today I repent of my sin. I ask you to make me new and to give me a new life in you. And today, Father, I honor you by accepting your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.